In this episode of ZachCast, some big announcements are made about the future of ZachTax, some shade is thrown at third-party software tracking, and we talk about the extremely efficient but ever-controversial Zipper Merge. This is ZachCast episode 10. Here we go. Hey guys, welcome to ZachCast. Uh, it's Patrick. Hey Chad, how are you, man? Pretty good, Pat. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, I'm good. I'm starting today's episode off. Uh, I've got some big news in the world of Patrick. There's absolutely, uh, you know, a big change coming in my life. It's hit the papers. A lot of our clients have reached out to me and congratulated me on it. But uh, like Chad did last year, uh, I have officially given my notice to Hudson Oaks and I am moving full-time into ZachTax and uh, our consulting firm H20. So exciting news for everybody. Yeah, welcome to the club. Not quite yet, but soon enough. Yeah, soon enough. March 6th is my last day at Hudson Oaks. Um, and real excited to get rolled out. Super sad to leave them. But, uh, you know, it's we've grown like a weed because our clients have, have allowed us to. And so it's, it's fun to be where we're at. So when I uh, was going through that transitionary period, um, it, w- it was really kind of surreal. Um, I was the first one to leave, so basically our whole staff was still intact. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we all had the same roles that we had been in, so we were still fulfilling the same duties. Um, but certainly there were things that would come up that I knew were not going to be addressed by the time I, le- I left. Uh, so kind of looking at those things and being like, man, that's going to be fun for them to deal with. <laughs> that, was, True. that was interesting. I, I, think, uh, I think it's a little different. It's almost surreal for me because I was always under the impression that they hammered into your grad school and your MPA, like you're going to get fired one of these days you'll get fired. And that's just a part of the business. Right. And it's been surreal to me to leave like on your own terms, on my own terms, you know, um, you know, obviously I'm leaving without a, a severance, which is awesome for the city of Hudson Oaks. You know, look, we've, we've done some fantastic things together and, uh, I'm blessed to live here and be here, but it, it is, it is weird to be leaving like a great job. That is such a weird feeling. Um, but obviously I've been blessed with what we've been able to build with Zach and the growth that we've had has been so prolific. It's, it's time to do it, but it's different because I, I think I'm probably going to get called a lot and there's going to be, you know, a lot of things that I'm still you know trying to help with just like you do today. I mean, you, you say that, but the reality is we probably call you once a week, right? About something. Yeah, I still I still have an unpaid consulting gig. Yeah, an unpaid months. consulting gig, but I mean that's the that's kind of the love that we have for the community, right? Like we've, it's such a different place. Our city council was was so good to us as like employees, uh, and and so you know I I just have this like long term care for them that's not going to go away. It's a, it's a sign of a really solid culture when the people who leave still want to actively help. Yes, um, several of us who have left administration over the last few years are still uh, involved when we're in town. We stop by and say hi. We help yeah. out on, on the events that, that the city hosts. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's definitely a sign that a solid culture has been built in that organization. I mean, even our even a lot of our old city managers who've gone on to be city managers in other places, right, they still come back and hang out. You know, it's just kind of that that culture, that office space that we've got and, and everything that's there. So I'm excited to, to get a, a new staff member hired and – uh, replace myself. That's, yeah, what's that like replacing yourself? You know, it's interesting when, when I sat down with council and we kind of went through what that process was going to look like the, the level of involvement they gave me in that process was surprising. Um, but it's been fun. It's been fun to talk to a lot of people in career throughout the state and just tell them all of the things over the last 
15 to 20 years that we've been able to do in Hudson Oaks with not just myself or you, but the other managers that have been there as well, Sherry and Robert and, you know, some of the young professionals that have come through our organization have been just tremendous for us. And so uh, it, it's different for sure to be replacing yourself. Uh, you're, you're basically telling people when you're having conversations with them and trying to recruit them to the position, like, Hey, we've done all these things. And I think they're all right. Like, I think, you know, you may have a different opinion, but I think what we did was a great thing. And I think it's going to turn out to be pretty, co- pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it's a good time too, for the city. Um, Correct. we, we accomplished quite a bit over the last five years. A lot of those things, the, the work had been put in before that, obviously yeah. it kind of came to fruition, um, over the last couple of years, um, from a revenue standpoint, city appears to be in pretty good shape. Absolutely. Um, so much so that when I left, people thought that I was artificially holding down certain revenue numbers <laughs> because everything just hit at the same time right when I was leaving and all that, all that revenue just exploded. So. Because the nicknames, uh, the nickname of Chad's office was no, that's what yes, it was my, I was the, yes. uh, the chief no officer. Yeah. As the assistant city manager, the job is always to be the bad guy. You know, yeah, the person you don't get the... to deal with council as much, but you've got to be the bad guy for everybody else. Right. So, you know, you know, Fairly exciting. We always called it the slingshot effect in Hudson Oaks. You know, we've been pulling that slingshot back for years and years and years. And yes, from a revenue standpoint, you know, we, we hit that, you know, slap. The slingshot finally hit. Revenue's up 20, 25% over the last couple of years. Uh, and so the city's in a position where they get to do a lot of fun stuff now, right? And so uh, not that I'm not a fun manager. I am, right? Uh, but they're at the point now where a lot of the, uh, a lot of the economic development base has been put in place and it's going to work. It's going to develop at this point. We know the market's there. Um, and it's, it's time for that next manager with a little different vision. And, and that's exciting for me to walk away and understand, like, it's my time to go. I'd, I'd love to sit down with some of the city managers that stayed in cities for 20 or 25 years and have those conversations in the future. I mean, you know, chatting with like the Sugarland city manager who just left would be awesome. Uh, he prepared his organization very well for that. And, and I'm proud that in a small organization, I've been able to do that in Hudson Oaks as well. So. Uh, pretty cool, pretty cool to leave, but we got other big news as well. Yeah. Your departure comes at a, uh, a very particular time for us because, uh, so later today, which will uh, have already occurred by the time this is published, but, uh, we're hosting our first ever, uh, web conference. Yes. So, um, right now, just as we kind of get it started, it's primarily focused on our actual user base. Mm-hmm. Um, the attendance registration is a lot exceeded my expectations. So uh, I mean, we were going to be happy with like 10 people. 10 people. <laughs> So, um, and I don't know what our numbers are at now, but it's quite a bit. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a lot more than I was, than I was hoping for. Correct. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we are, uh, we intend to kind of expand, obviously we've been podcasting now, we've been blogging for, for quite a bit. We're trying to expand, uh, just the, the reach that we have for like the, the audience, mm-hmm. you know, just the non user base. Right. Um, and not as an attempt to sort of convert people and sell people, but just to put knowledge out there and put information and in, in spark conversations. Um, so I, I'm hoping that this may one day morph into something a little bit bigger, but, um, the big thing that we're doing today is we are announcing and sort of officially releasing the next version of Zach tax. Absolutely. So it's this a big is, update. It, it, it's a pretty big update. Um, we started it pretty much when I rolled out, uh, the, the biggest element is uh, a bunch of backend and infrastructure changes, which don't really affect the front end users or the actual implementation. So and- let's talk about that real, real quick. Like before we get into like the nuts and bolts of the, of the new program, right. And what's there. We've had Zach out as a product for how long? Probably about five years. And this is our third iteration. Yeah. The third distinct iteration. That's correct. So I think that's important to note that 
when our clients tell us like, Hey, it would be cool to do this, or it would be cool to have this, those new features and the things we are constantly writing that down. We're tracking it. We're thinking about it. And in our rebuilds, we're taking all those things into account. Right. And so that's why I think it's so that people understand who may have only been a Zach client for, you know, the last year. Right. This is the third time. Some of our clients have been through all three mm-hmm. at this point, but uh, we, we really depend on them to kind of give us that feedback. Yeah. So I mean, we're not waiting for overhauls to add features, right? No, these are, these are sort of uh, almost paradigm changes or, or technology changes. Um, this, uh, the new infrastructure that we're about to roll out uh, is a lot more flexible, a lot more uh, sort of battle hardened for, for future growth. Um, there's a UI refresh. Uh, we've taken an opportunity to kind of look at some new technologies that, that will make the experience a little bit better and faster and quicker um, and, and more stable and give us the ability to add features as we go. Um, I'm going to be honest, it flies. I mean, this, it's, the, the software itself flies. It's a, it's a really cool thing. And, and once we kind of get through it, uh, I think we'll probably post uh, something on the blog and kind of shout out to some of the people who built the tools that we're going to be using. Yeah. Um, really amazing uh, stuff that's just going out there in the open source community right now, particularly in the, in the, the, the world where, you know, we build our software, the type of technologies that we use, mm-hmm. um, that community is, is being really innovative. So very I mean, we, excited. We, we're analyzing almost a billion dollars in sales tax data across the state of Texas, right? Right now. And we're giving answers and delivering statistics in seconds to our clients. That's yeah. Like milliseconds. <laughs> that's huge. I don't think when we built Zach the first time, we it, it thought could never we, handle the, we scale could never handle at. the scale that we're at. Right. And so to go from there to where, what we're releasing today is, is just, I mean, it's a huge improvement and a lot to be said for your programming skill development that has occurred over the time. Cause that's also important to note guys. We don't hire outside programmers. This is in-house programmed by us, by Chad mainly. And it, it just, you know, it's grown on its own. And so it's so organic in the way that we've, we've built it. Yeah. Which also means that your, you know, your data is secure. It's never touched of, by anybody. Know, we're else. the ones who are, who are uh, handling it and securing it. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of the backend infrastructure that we have added is to actually increase the security mm-hmm. of your data, um, to make sure that it's protected. Um, because for the sales tax stuff, it's confidential. So we definitely want to make sure that it's taken care of. Um, and isolated from, from other users. So um, a lot of really cool changes. Many of those changes are for future growth. They don't necessarily, they're not something that the users are going to see. Um, but we've got Not right now. But we got a, few, uh, a full UI refresh um, with a lot of cool new features. Uh, really excited to, to kind of roll that out. We've already started to demo some new potential clients uh-huh. uh, on the new system. Um, feedback's been great. We've had a lot of help from some of our existing clients as we developed it. Um, yeah, huge shout out to those existing clients who beta tested for us. Yes, thank you. Because always, much. when it goes into beta, it's usually a little uglier than it finishes for sure. So we appreciate that. Um, so right now, obviously, we're primarily focused on sales tax. Correct. Um, if you look at our our marketing site, you can see that we've got a vision for for future growth. Um, a lot of these changes are allowing us to expand into those areas. One of which is hotel taxes. It's a big area of expansion for us. It's it's been in Santa's workshop for some time. And yeah, so, it's sort of in the in the mental queue, kind of stewing and and, yes. and growing. Um, we've built some prototypes over the last few months of what this is going to look like. But um, as we've talked more and more with our our clients and with other people who um, use their hotel tax data and trying to find ways to analyze it, we decided to do something kind of interesting with hotel taxes. 
Yeah. I mean, I think, I think when Chad and I started thinking about this, we, one, we've built kind of a couple different prototypes in actual code base and, and, and a UI. And then we tore it apart. <laughs> We're like, ah, we don't really like that. We don't like the way it works. So then we really got to talking with some of our clients and we got talking internally with our Zach team and we're going to do something totally different than what we've done before when we build hotels, which is we're going to build it in the open. So as we're building it, our clients are going to use it for free. Yes. Right. So there's no like behind the scenes developing beta testing, alpha testing, beta testing, anything. Correct. As soon as we get the most minimally viable front screen where you can search through some, some hotel tax data, mm-hmm. it's going to be included in Zach. Correct. And our users are going to be able to see it for free and offer uh, suggestions and make changes and help us build the product to suit their needs. Correct. It's not going to be free forever. We want to be clear about that. Like we're, we're investing in this, so we'll have to charge for it at some point. But we believe that we have been able to build a great sales tax product because of what our clients have given to us about that information. And so by building this in open and providing it while we're building it at no charge, we're, we're hopeful that our clients will give us that feedback on this as well as we build so that we can build the best possible uh, product uh, for our cities. So one of the other things we're doing is uh, we're removing any kind of third-party tracking. Yes. Uh, and right now, the, the only thing that we do in, um, in ZachTax, like the actual application, is our customer support chatting. Mm-hmm. Um, we've already removed Google Analytics from the, from the marketing site. Uh, we use a new service that tracks very minimal amount of information and keeps no identifiable records. So it's really just tracking what pages did people go to. Mm-hmm. That's basically it. Um, but with the new system, we are taking out any third-party libraries that will that require your user information. So our chat software basically takes your email address so that we know what user we're chatting with. Yes. Um, so it's already pretty minimal, but there has been a lot of news come out lately mm-hmm. about the use of these third-party tracking and how that information is used. Um, we saw an article the other day about Avast. Avast, which is a which is an antivirus software that right. people people get. Yeah. And so basically, uh, the the interesting thing about this is they were you, you install um, a browser extension mm-hmm. that is supposedly helping to keep you off of uh, compromised websites or malicious websites, and as a result, it's tracking not only what pages you visit, but where your mouse is hovering, where it's clicking, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all the all that information. And they're hoarding all this information. Then they had this subsidiary called, I think, Jumpstart? Or it was Jump something. Jump Shot. Jump Shot. Jump Shot. So they had this subsidiary mm-hmm. that was selling this information. Making lots of money. Lot, like millions and millions of dollars. Correct, yes. To, and what they, their uh, marketing thing was like every click, every site, every user, right? They had hundreds of millions of people. The worst this. part about this is before they got caught, they have a free software and they have a paid software, Right. Before they got caught, they were actually selling it on their user data from people who were paying for their services, right? So you would go in and you would pay for their service and they didn't notify you of it, but they were selling well, I'm that. sure it was buried somewhere it in was, a 5,000 line. Well, the article, the article kind of went into that a little bit. Like all of a sudden on the free site, there's now a disclosure that wasn't there before, right? Before they started asking questions, it wasn't there and now it's there. So now they've gotten rid of it on the, on the paid site, supposedly, right? And it's just on the free version of the software. Uh, you know, look, I mean, everybody assumes that if you're doing something for free or you're not paying for something, that there's going to be some tracking. They're making money somewhere. Yeah, right? you're basically, you're the product. You are the product. And that's kind of a, you know, everybody knows that that's the assumption today. 
But man, it's an antivirus software. And I think that's why it's shocking because it, and, and then a scary thing about it is, is that there really was a way to connect identifiable data of that user. If you really wanted to dig into it, put the pieces together, you could figure out who they were. Yeah. Cause let's talk about who's, who's buying this data. So let's say a major brand is interested to know if uh, an ad campaign is generating clicks to their website. Correct. Yeah. These brands have, uh, they have tracking of, you know, visits to their website down to the millisecond timestamp. They're buying this data from JumpShot that includes the exact same timestamps and the exact same uh, traversal of their webpage. Correct. Which they could easily just match to their data and figure out who's who. Yes. Right? Like it's de-anonymized or it's anonymized, but uh, you can only anonymize data at that level of granularity so much. It's it's not impossible to to tie it back to uh, an, an actual user that that person's aware of. No, especially when you're talking in the world of like big technology where you know, the data connections are not that difficult to make anymore. Think of, think about this, uh, Facebook. I actually, I was just listening to, uh, to a, a podcast this morning on the way in here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Facebook has a service where even if you don't have an account, you can send them a request to get access to all the data they have about you. <laughs> How do they know that it's about you if you don't have an account? <laughs> you don't have an account, but yeah. they know it's you. We right? talked about their shadow profile profiles before, right? Correct, so yeah. yeah, it's, it's, the, the veil of anonymity that we think we have is, is not anywhere near as, as strong. Absolutely. So that all being said, when we built Zach 3, we, we took a very strong stance that we were going to take any third-party service that we used within our software platforms, and we were going to try to minimize that as much as possible so that, that, so that data was not being tracked by anybody. Right. right. So the only third-party service that we use now um, is, uh, is Google Maps, mm-hmm. but there's no identifiable information that's getting sent to them. Correct. Um, it's just a mapping service. So, And that's just working on that KMZ platform and so that things run faster than it would be on like an Esri platform. Yeah, yeah. and less, less clunky. Less clunky, <laughs> less, general. Less clunky, yeah. yeah. Uh, when, you're, when you're analyzing a billion dollars in data and all those different data sources, it's very difficult to run that on Esri. It's amazing, though, how many, uh, how many stories recently have come out about all of this tracking. Like I saw a thing, I think I just sent it to you yesterday about Ring. Yes. Um, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, EFF. I'm not sure if that's the right acronym. I know that's, those are the right letters. I'm not sure if that's what it stands for. But um, they just posted an expose about the Ring Android app uh, where they kind of did a bunch of hacking to, to expose the actual encrypted traffic that's being sent. I mean, they're sending application events to Facebook's graph API. Notice it was through the Android app. <laughs> I mean, it's possible that they could be doing the same thing for, uh, in their it, iOS it, app. It, it isn't, it is entirely possible, but that is, that app environment is so much more closed off and controlled. Right. So it's a little, I'm not saying it's safer. It's just different. So uh, it's important to point out. Yeah. But now, uh, in this particular article, there, there were some of the services that are legitimate, Right, they're they're Correct. tracking how the application is being used, so they can determine if they need to make tweaks to interface or, uh, you know, functionality. Well, but- I mean, tracking rage clicks, which is something that we track. Right, you want to track rage clicks because you want to know like, are people getting frustrated because they can't get to a link on your site? Right, right. That, or they can't figure out where they're going, and they just start mashing on the on the mouse. Right. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, there are little things like that that you you need to track so that the software actual user interface is better. At, at the end of the day. So, but it, it, for what purpose could they have to send, uh, an email address, a device ID 
and application events to Facebook. There is no purpose for that. Like this person downloaded the app, they inst- they opened the app, the app went inactive because the screen, you know, turned off after a certain amount of time. Uh-huh. Like what value would would you get from sending that to Facebook? I I, I just cannot understand. Well, I mean, just think, just think with Facebook and with Google, the single sign-on that is basically everywhere now, right? I mean, there's a lot of data collection that occurs on that. And, and I'm, I'm a big user of it because it's just so much easier to use my single sign-on for, for my Gmail accounts. But obviously, that's another way that they're going to track your data, especially Facebook. I mean, they're, they're a master at it. There's plenty of articles out there for people to read on that one. Yeah, so we're definitely trying to reduce reliance on third-party services. We want to make sure that not only is your confidential data secure, but also your user data is is secure and yes, absolutely. and isolated. So, so that's going to be Zach three. Um, like I said, we're officially showing it to our clients today. Big um, announcements starting on to... full time. Zach March sixth, fantastic news. And Zach three is the official announcement is today at Zach Comp. So, super excited about what we've got moving moving forward for sure. So since we have a little bit more time, Pat, let me let me ask you something. Is there anything that you know to be true in your heart of hearts that other people just refuse to believe? Let me give you an example in my life. Okay, okay. all right. We've had this debate before because I actually got in trouble when I was in Hudson Oaks. <laughs> I don't understand. I do understand it logically. I don't. Oh my gracious! This is gonna be a zipper merge discussion. Yes. Okay, let's go. I don't understand why people can't remove emotion and just accept that the zipper merge is the most efficient way to merge traffic. Because Sheldon, not everybody has that special power in their mindset to be logical at all times. It's, but it's not even about all times. Um, like I understand you're logical, like 95% of the time, right? Like everything is a logic conversation with you except for sports. Correct. Then you're totally illogical. It doesn't matter what Texas does. They're the greatest team. Or, or Dallas. Or Dallas. I, yes. I've been a lot better with the Cowboys because they've just been so mediocre. I just accept it. it like it, I just know that they're going to be terrible. Well, or, you're that way with the Rangers too. Yeah, but we had. I mean, we had more recent success. I mean, it is the Cowboys only won two two playoff games in the last like thirty years. This, so. tells, this tells you how polar opposite. So, 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 Chad, you are a Rangers fan, mm-hmm. a Cowboys fan, and a Texas Longhorn. Yes. Right. Okay. I am an Aggie, an Astros fan, and a Texans fan. So, so I was born in Houston. Uh-huh. Most of my dad's family lives in Houston. Um, I grew up an Astros fan. It's sad that you're still not one. I don't hate the Astros. I'm knocking on my trash can right now. Yeah. I'm trying to bring you back. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. I, I don't hate the Astros. But when I moved up here, I started to follow the Rangers. Uh, you know, I was going to games a lot. Um, I mean, I used to go to, when I lived in Austin, I would go to Texas games. Yeah. I didn't go to, to Astros games very often because Houston is not terribly close to Austin. Um, especially when you're, you know, growing up, you can't just decide to, I'm going to drive myself to Houston at, Correct. at, at 13. So, <laughs> um, so I moved up to the Dallas Fort Worth area. I started following the Rangers. They're in the American league Astros or national league. It's wonderful. My hope was that they'd play each other in the world series. Um, in 2005, when the Astros were in the world series, like I was a huge Astros supporter. Correct. Okay. But over time, you know, I, I grew to love both teams. And then when the Astros made the move to the, to the, not only just to the AL, but to the same division. To the AL, AL West. West. Yeah. I had to make a choice. I couldn't support two teams in the same division. So, so I chose the Rangers. The, well, you went with the better team, which basically means you're a bandwagon fan. No, I, I went with the, the Astros. The Ra- Astros were terrible at that time. I went with, the Astros were still in the National League. 
when the Rangers were in the World Series. Jim Crane became the owner, brought him to the American League, and then absolutely stole Nolan Ryan. Stole Nolan Ryan, <laughs> but just took every. I mean, just demolished the current roster of the Astros. So they were not good for a couple of years because of that. But that that had nothing to do with my calculation. My, sure. I, I live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area now. I got you. So that's okay. my team. So do I. Now, um, I used to be an Oilers fan uh-huh. when I was when they were in Houston, obviously. So do you sort of kind of root for, for Tennessee, even though it had an Aggie quarterback this year? Did that hurt you that Ryan Tannehill was throwing the ball? <laughs> like six times a game? Yes. No, it didn't, didn't hurt. <laughs> There's a reason why Ryan Tannehill was throwing the ball like six or nine times in the playoffs. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, no, uh, it did not hurt me. Um, I, I was never a Cowboys fan growing up particularly because they were winning championships and everyone was becoming a Cowboys fan. True. And I didn't want to jump on that bandwagon. We've really diverged from Zipper Merge, by the way. Yeah, I don't even know how we got on this. <laughs> right, yeah, we went, we went down the road of sports. Uh, but anyway, um, so when I moved up here, uh, just the proximity and, and being around the Cowboys, I just became a Cowboys fan too. So okay. um, it's geographic. It's not bandwagon. But anyway, all that to say... Um, God, how do you even get on that topic? <laughs> That's still be an interesting one to re-listen and, and kind of figure out how we diverged. Yeah. Uh, zipper merges. When you look at... Uh, so can we tell the story about what Chad did as an assistant city manager in Hudson Oaks with Zipper Merge? Yeah, okay. So there's some okay. construction, some road construction going on just outside of Hudson Oaks. Yes, in a, an intersection that is heavily traveled. Yes. Yes. Uh, and Still under construction, by the way, almost two years later. Hashtag text dot. <laughs> <laughs> Love you guys. So anyway, um, uh, where the traffic would merge on the frontage road to a, uh, a four-way frontage road intersection, which mm-hmm. text dot's trying to do away with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to affect me at my house pretty soon, and it's kind of frustrating, but it is what it is. Um, people would not merge at the last minute, so traffic would back up all the way onto the highway. And this happens all over the place. Correct. There's yes. a... There's a uh, a particular zipper merge location right at a major shopping center near my house and traffic will always not only back up into the highway, but, uh, there's a quick, like a, an early turn into the shopping center that you can never get into because people are waiting to go through the intersection. Correct. And if people would use the full amount of queue available, mm-hmm. then it wouldn't a back up into the highway, which is terribly dangerous. And two, people could actually use that turn lane and remove people from the queue. So before we get into exactly what Chad did, let's explain that the zipper merge is a proven method for traffic control and to move vehicles at a faster rate than what is done now where everybody tries to merge at the back of the line as soon as they, they see, feel bad for cutting. As soon right? as they see the, the lane closed yes. ahead, they move over immediately. I used to be I used to be that guy. Texas, yes, exactly. Texas Transportation Institute, right? has come out, done studies on this. Everybody knows this is the better path to do it, right? It's the more logical approach. So the, the Chad reaction to this, uh, or more, more likely when Sheldon Cooper tries to tell the world how they are not living correctly, uh, approach is let's post on the city Facebook page, an example of merging and tell them they should use it more wisely. My comment was, (laughs) Hey, every, everyone hates traffic. But if you zipper merge, you can at least make it a little bit better. Gotcha. Okay. To which many people uh, were grateful and offered thanks. And yes, I agree with this. This is great. How about the other 80%? No, there was like one comment that was negative. And then there was you. <laughs> I love I love how you like have replayed history. I have mind. screenshots. 
that you only had one negative comment. I have screenshots to prove it. The, the amount I, of text messages that I got on that post alone were amazing. You weren't even there, were you? No, I was out of town. Yeah, so yeah. I, get I a believe text. I had to call, and I, probably for the first time ever, I, I don't think I ever told you you had to do something. That was the only time. That was it, was the like, only, it was the only time in, in us working together for forever, right, that I had to say, Chad, take it down. Okay, I'll take it down. But I've never had to do that before. No, but if you go, I, so I don't use Facebook really at all uh-huh. anymore. But if you go and look at my account, the profile picture is a zipper <laughs> because of this incident. <laughs> so, to, to be uh, to be fair, I think every city manager out there, assistant city manager, anybody in management, you've always wanted to respond on social media. I've probably tried to respond maybe fifteen or twenty times on social media where I write something, and then I'm like, it's probably better if I just leave that alone and I just delete it. Right. And then I'm always fearful that I accidentally posted it. So I go back and look at it like four or five times. Right. That happens to everybody. Uh, this time Chad just actually posted it. <laughs> it was a public, out. it was a public service announcement. Sure. It was. The thing is though, I used to be the guy who would get over early. He was mansplaining to the world. That's a, that's a throwback traffic, to traffic explaining traffic explaining. Yes. But I would get over early and then I would be the guy who like sits in the middle of the two lanes to try to keep people from going around you. And if they would try, I would like scoot over a little bit more, you know, I just, I fully understand the emotional response. We have this sort of ingrained in, in our culture that, uh, cheating is bad, uh, that, you know, basically trying to go till the very end is like, it's just cutting. Right. Correct, and, yes. and there's like this emotional response to it. But if we would all just work together and realize that this is more efficient then everybody would get where they're going faster. The humor in that statement, we all just work together, is that you're sitting in front of me on a chair with your legs crossed and you threw your arms out to the side. Let's right? wor- can't let's we all work, work together. Can't we all just get along? Yeah, and let's go go let's do yoga now and make ourselves feel better about it. That's fine. I do kind of look like I'm meditating you right do. now. You look like you're meditating at the moment, <laughs> yes. So I, I I understand that some people feel like that's the logical truth, right? It's not about some people feel like it is the logical truth. You're, you're correct. Yes. I apologize for the misstatement, but sometimes things are better unsaid. If you, if you try to zip up your pants by putting the top tongs that are away or whatever they're called away from the zipper, actual zipper me- mechanism, try to zip those first and see how efficient it is. <laughs> and folks, I think we're going to end our episode on that one. <laughs> uh, once again, hey guys, thanks for uh, tuning in to ZachCast. We're excited for this episode, obviously, because we had a lot of great announcements uh, and we got to chat about a lot of goofy things that Chad believes are true. So anyways, we will catch you guys next time. That about does it for episode 10. Show notes at ZachCast.com slash 10. If you listen to us on ZachCast.com, we are really appreciative, but it would be awesome if you would subscribe to our feed on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like what you hear, a five-star review would be extra appreciated. Thanks again. We'll see you next time.